Hello and welcome to the Mind Your Head podcast. Now before we begin, we'd just like to warn you that this month's episode contains honest and frank discussion about mental health crisis and suicide. Now if you choose to continue listening to this show and are affected by any of the themes that come up, please do remember that you can contact Samaritans on 116 123, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. For now, take care and enjoy the show. This is my favourite bit of the podcast. Every time we sit down, this is my favourite bit of the podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Hi everybody, thanks for coming along with us today. I hope you're having a good week and you've had a good, uh, well, it's been a long time since we sat down now. It's been, what, two months now, I think? So. Yeah, um, Christmas, yeah. lockdown. Life, busy. Yeah. Everything gets in the way. Got some new microphones though. Yeah. So hopefully that'll help. Uh, and a new name. And, in, and a new name. Well, mind your head while we're in these. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, there's low ceilings. Low ceilings here, so uh, yeah, mind your head. Yeah, some of you may... Or may not be aware, but we've just changed how we've badged ourselves. We're still Mind Your Head. We'll always yeah. be Mind Your Head. We've not changed. The content's not going to change. It's just that the logo's changed a little bit. Yeah. How we brand ourselves has changed. How you find us on Google's changed a little <laughs> bit. Um, there's some there's some dark forces at play. Horses, heads in beds and things <laughs> like that. <laughs> Tell you what, this will keep people going for years. Years <laughs> to come. I have to be careful when like people say, "Oh, what's your uh, Instagram tag?" And I'm like, "It's oh, which what letters are in it?" Again? <laughs> Kurt Atta, is Kurt in it? For someone who struggles so much with Kurt Atta, <laughs> asking you to to remember NYHP is pretty is, difficult. I mean, it's one more letter to yeah. start with. <laughs> no vowels. And, and the, yeah, it doesn't flow as a word, does it? Really, as initials. But no, we are now that. Um, what are we again? <laughs> <laughs> we are the MYH podcast. Yeah. From now on, you can still find us everywhere where we were before, but just got initials. Yeah. And where are we based? Just just to be clear, we are based in the northwest of England. In England, yeah. So we're not based in the Shetland Islands. No, no we're not based in the Shetland. So what do, what do we do as a what do we do as a service? We deliver mental health information to the construction industry. Okay. And that's the construction industry as like a as a specific area so yeah, that's not our target market not residents of the shetland islands no, no, no right, nothing okay. like that i no. just wanted to be clear because you know a lot of people who are listening to this can get confused can't they <laughs> well, anyway we digress we digress uh have you been i've been good i've been busy stuff's going crazy on social media for me uh, i've been really busy with that a lot of it it's it's now getting to the point where people are noticing us and taking note notice of what we are trying to achieve and realize that we are in this to do some good and it's not a, a PR plug by any big construction company um, we're trying to push the, the word out there that we all need a bit of help sometimes mm-hmm. and start that conversation you might see somebody at work now you might be sat in the brew room now I'm listening to this podcast on your lunch break and you might notice somebody sat next to you that doesn't look the same as they normally do just go and say you alright mate what's up fancy chat interesting you say that because there was a poll out this week as to how people feel during current lockdown, current restrictions, just the state of the world, everything to do yeah. with what's going on at the moment. And overwhelmingly, the answer wasn't negative or positive. It was, I don't know. Yeah. O- overwhelmingly, the feedback was, I just don't know how I feel. So I think it's really interesting to just take that brief reminder to people we don't know we don't have the answers as we talked about on our instagram live not too long ago it, it's not as simple as just having a, a mental health by numbers mm. it very often is i've not got a clue but i'd, I'd quite welcome someone to talk about it yeah. and 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 to start that conversation and to just chuck around some ideas 
what do you do with family and friends when you've got a problem at work or yeah. with money or you're buying a house or whatever it happens yeah. to be you chuck it around and you see what ideas you can come up with and if anyone's got any experience they can help you with so yeah i think it's i think it's a really really timely reminder big engagement at the moment on your socials and and things like that uh, what kind of things have you been doing over the last couple of weeks months uh, that have come about as a result of that i'm starting in a couple of weeks i'm going to see the guys at mind manchester they've got an allotment project that they run so i'm going to go over and see them guys see what i can do to help them out uh, see if we can get anything built for them if they need sheds building or if they've got any water taps that need moving around the allotment and things like that. see if i can get guys from work to come down and, and, and engage and help out there in any way they can and then while they're there they might pick up some tips off the volunteers that work there to do with how they cope with their mental health and things like that so that's one thing that i've got going on uh, we've had quite a lot of buying off big construction companies that were off down to london to do some podcast work down there with network rail and a couple of people down there we've got some work to do with the lighthouse club we've got people off the lighthouse club coming on and having a chat um, i've got some guys from other big construction companies that are going to come on we're just waiting for them to confirm the uh, dates and availabilities and how uh, logistics of how we're going to do it and then on the instagram side of things i've got a couple of lives coming up like on matt he's a flat roofer that's what he does as his job um, he's going to come on and talk about he was in a lot of debt he attempted suicide a couple of times and he's just going to come on and tell his a brief insight of um, his story and where he is in life and how he copes with it and what he's doing now. And then there's been a couple of interaction stuff with other builders all around the country, chatting and getting really involved and seeing that what we're trying to achieve with this podcast mm -hmm. and the messages that we put out on Instagram that they really engage with it and they really enjoy what we're putting out there and to see that I am just a normal mm -hmm. bricklayer trying to get this message across that everybody needs to talk. Yeah. It's dead interesting to talk about Matt as an example because that's something that people overlook a lot of the time, that mental health is not just, oh, he feels a bit sad, or mm. even even Andy, someone who's got chronic issues with uh, depression and anxiety. Mental health is something that's caused by struggling with your weight, something that's caused with struggling with debt. It's, it's all of those little things that are totally, totally, and perfect comparison here with mental health. All those things that are really manageable when you owe Argos 500 quid mm. for a telly. Mm. But the minute you're in five grand's worth of debt yeah. to loads of different areas, that's when things start to get on top of you and start to spiral and grow and Consumer. interest accrues and all that sort of thing. So it's a really good example for people who might be tuning in thinking, well, what's this got to do with me? Yeah. It's all well and good talking about mental health, but how does that apply to, to my life? Part of, for me anyway, part of destigmatizing mental health and being able to sort of promote the conversation around mental health is just normalizing where it, where yeah. it comes from. And the fact that mental health and, and physical health are one and the same thing, but also that mental health and life are, are one and the same. Yeah, we've, we've all got issues. It's just sometimes people have been through that, they've come through the other side, and they can you can then get their experience and their knowledge of what they've got. But if you want to put it like if you've never built a certain system of works that, that you're using, but you employ somebody who's got, um, I don't know, 10 years of experience of building that particular system, you can learn from them. It's just the same with the mental health side of things. If you're realizing that there's people around you that have gone through that um, problem that you've had or you're going through, you can then bounce off their ideas or realize how they cope with it uh, and they can help you along that journey. With that in mind then, and I guess I'm gonna go a bit back to how we, we were chatting in, in podcast one, what are the biggest things that you've learned yourself after doing this for the last three months? The biggest thing is that people don't realize the struggles that everybody goes through. Um, people don't realise... <laughs> Bird just done a massive crack on the window. <laughs> um, everybody's going through something. People don't realise what people are going through. And a lot of people think, my problem's not that big. I think the biggest thing is people think, I don't, I, I, I don't need to get this worked up over this because it's not that big of a problem. Well, it is a big problem because it's a big problem in your world and everything revolves if your world feels like your world's falling apart, 
then everything else is going to suffer along the way, whether it is your family life and your social life and your work life and everything that comes with it. If you don't have the right state of mind, it, it can put you off in every direction in life. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't put it better myself. I guess my follow-up question to that then is, how have you taken the things you've learned mm. in the last three months of doing this and applied it back to your own life? Because I know when we first sat down, you, you talked quite openly about what led you to this point in your own journey with mental health and the strain that was placed on yourself, your family, your relationship, and the risk of losing that was a, was a, was a massive turning point for you. So with everything that you've learned over the last three months, the resources you've seen, the stuff we've chatted about on this podcast, having Andy and all that sort of stuff, how have you taken those lessons and applied them to your life? I've taken my foot off the gas a bit. Uh, I've slowed down a bit with stuff in the sense of it can wait till tomorrow. Right, it's six o'clock. I've been doing this since seven this morning. That is enough. Um, and the little things like I could be sat watching TV and the boys are sat in front of me on the floor. We could be watching bloody Paw Patrol for the nine millionth time. But I'm sat with my boys mm. watching TV. They're sat on my lap or sat next to me or whatever. And I've learnt to realise that this is more important to me than getting the wall finished or getting the document sorted and gone. There's, there's always time for that tomorrow. We can make time for it tomorrow. Andrew spoke about it in the last one. And it is finding that balance of we can do it tomorrow, but not always have that attitude. I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. It's finding that happy medium of... of balancing work and life and pressure and I feel a lot better in myself in the sense that I am taking that time to step back from work all the time like you said to me every conversation I start with, or what I used to start with I was working mm -hmm. and I'm really I'm trying hard to move away from that and re I guess retrain my brain to do it a different way or look at it a different way so I'm waiting for some materials at the minute on my house and it's a dry day today and I'm thinking maybe three months ago I'd be sat here chewing and itching wanting to get out the seat and get back there and try and do something to get a, a, to feel like I progressed whereas now I can sit back and go well I can't do anything about it I might as well enjoy this downtime so we've jumped on this and done this podcast today so there we have been productive. I have got a positive out of this this day. I can go back and when I finished here this afternoon, I can go and spend that couple of hours with the family. We could go on a bike ride or take the dogs for a walk if it stays dry for the rest of the day. Or even if it rains, mm. the kids can come out and, and get absolutely soaked. Um, Do you think Lou and the boys have noticed a difference in you? Yeah, they sort of chilled out a lot. I've calmed down. I've still got the hectic 100 ideas every five minutes in my head. Yeah, I know, because I now get that as a second <laughs> wife. <laughs> Constant messages, ting, ting, ting. Get a message from Lou in the background going, oh, you, have you noticed Rob's really improved and chilled out? I'm like, no, 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 I haven't. No, that's not changed for me at all. I'm definitely wife number two now. But at least you know he's not playing around. So, <laughs> so that, that they have noticed a big difference, and I am enjoying... Um, family life do you and 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 this is kind of a leading question I guess because I'm conscious that a lot of people probably listen to this and go oh, it's all right for you you're in a pretty comfortable position mm. you're furloughed at the moment you've got a bit of time all the rest of it does it come easily to be able to chill out no not at all it is for me it is um, a conscious decision a, a conscience conscious choice to sit and do nothing it's not as if i fall into it and think we can't be bothered moving mm. I, I might before i might have done it for i don't know 20 minutes or something and i'll be like mm, listen he's doing or i need to fix the, the still saw needs a service i'll go and do that in the garage or i've actually got the still saw does need a service <laughs> <laughs> i've got the kit sat in the kitchen because i'm like ah, oh, I'll, I'll i'll do something else i'll do something in the house mm. with the kids or whatever We've got to try and organize, because we're doing the extension, we've got to try and organize all the crap that you congregate in your house. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to get rid of all that and sell stuff or bin it or whatever. So I'll go and do that. And that it's doing stuff with the kids. Mm. They're interacting with it. It's doing stuff with Louise. She's interacting with it. And be honest here, 
is it something not only that that comes naturally or comes easily which you've just said then no it's it's a conscious decision but is it something that's been helped with the fact that you are furloughed mm. at the same time as the weather's been shocking so mm. you've not actually physically been able to do a lot of the stuff you wanted to do for the last couple of weeks have you used that time have you sort of ridden that wave sort of thing do you think that's helped you to actually physically stop yourself from doing stuff on site because if you get rained off or frozen off you've not really got a choice yeah. but to relax and that's not me saying yeah go on rob say what you want but you'd still work if you've got the chance like you say it's Okay, it's not cracking the flags, but it's a really nice, clear, blue, yeah. sunny sky at the moment. We're, yeah. we're doing all right for Macclesfield in February. Yeah. Um, do, I don't know. I guess what I'm getting at is at a time when everyone is usually absolutely hammered with stress and it's the start of the year and it's dark and miserable and all the rest of it, do you think weirdly that's helped you? having that sort of dark and miserable that's just yeah, raised you yeah. off sight and gone, well, actually, I've got time to have a brew and watch Paw Patrol now. <laughs> and it, it, it's, I guess it's teaching me how to do this when the better weather does come and the longer days come and I'll be able to switch off it because I have been called back into work now and I'm going to be starting back at work in, or on the big sites in the next couple of weeks. And whereas before I'd be stressing out thinking, right, I've got two weeks, say, to get this done and I've got all this done and uh, I'm not going to get it done. And then you end up just coming counterproductive because mm. you can be overwhelmed by all the jobs you need to do rather than just taking a little chunk out of the, the jobs that you've got to do in, in, in the amount of time. It's, it's lining up, isn't it? It's kind of like going into a job and planning what you need to yeah. do a little bit. And yeah. that, that's part of what helps the conscious choice. To give people a bit of a peek behind the curtain, we had a good 20, 30 minute chat before this mm. to do exactly that because mm. we've both taken out time to go down to London next week yeah. to be able to have our chat with Network Rail and do something for um, getting guests on the pod and just switching things up a bit from yeah. the sort of content that we've put out. But we've also talked about, and again, this is a bit of a tease and exclusive for people, doing micro content for people so you doing little micro pods and micro videos to give people that insight going forward yeah and that is part of you doing exactly what you've just said planning as to how yeah we will always be here on a monthly basis keeping people updated like with andrew we might be here more regularly than that and you might occasionally get something a bit bigger a bit more often yeah. but i think it's important that you kind of eat your own dog food in a way and say that I'm asking you to take the time out to do this. Mm. I'm doing that same thing. Yeah. And I think if people can understand that you aren't, I don't know how many people are actually thinking this, but you aren't amazing mental health guru, Rob, who's got everything sorted, all of the answers and never struggles. That's certainly not the side of you that I've seen. It's certainly not a side of you that I heard when you sat down to talk to Andrew. It was just someone else who deals with mental health slightly differently to someone else who mm. deals with mental health differently. And I think it's really important to just... I know that we sound like a broken record sometimes, but to just remind people that that's just how you manage the day-to-day. -day. Yeah. And managing your mental health is part of managing your day-to-day, -day, as is exercise or diet or taking time out to just listen to some music or or play some video games, whatever it is that helps you relax. That is just that self-care, yeah, that yeah. self-soothing, that mental health um, work, but with a different name. Yeah. I think it's really important to just take a bit of the mysticism away from it, because I don't know about you, but I've been less keen on following the people online who monetize mental health well-being yep. as a way to make themselves money by selling an app or a program or, or whatever, but aren't actually being honest with what it takes to do that work. Because I don't know about you, and we're kind of biased because we were in the conversation, but when we sat down to talk to, to Andy, there was a lot I took away from that to go, mm. well, actually, yeah, I can do more of that in my day-to-day, -day, and I can be a bit more conscious about what I worry about and and how I actually take time to to self-soothe. And all jokes aside, I've noticed, well, given the conversation we had half an hour ago, but I've noticed more where I will get a phone call through and I'll go, well, actually, no, I'm watching TV with Fee now or 
I'm cooking a meal or we're out for a walk, I don't need to take a call from work or from friends or family if I'm doing stuff for myself or if yep. I'm doing stuff with friends and family. That needs to come first. Yeah. Because you can always call someone back. You can always take yeah. someone back. You can always continue that conversation at another point. But in terms of recapturing those memories and that quality time spent with the people that you love and the people that are, are you care about giving you that fulfilment or actually taking time to relax. So it doesn't have to be something you do with other people. But big thing for me at the moment, Six Nations. It's like my my it's like my Christmas spread out over February and March, and that's my opportunity to relax for a good chunk of a weekend, five weekends at the shittiest, darkest part yeah, of the yeah. year. I'm not going to reply to you when a game's on because I'm getting more disciplined with going, that is my time to enjoy myself. And if I don't take the opportunity to enjoy myself in that moment of time, then I'm robbing from Peter to pay Paul because yes, I'll try and relax a bit later on, but it won't be the same. It won't be the same level of intensity. It won't actually help me unwind in the way that just switching off properly would help me unwind. And I think that's, that's part of the secret for people is yes it's a conscious effort but also stick with it yeah kind of like yoga doesn't feel like exercise this is me dumping on yoga now kind of like yoga doesn't feel like exercise you have to actually do it and stick Mm. with it to get the benefit from it if you're not taking it seriously or you're not actually throwing yourself into it 100 percent, you're not going to get the benefit from it no you're not no if you're trying to train for a marathon or whatever if if you go and do couple of runs one week and then nothing the next and then maybe you'll do a bit more and then come back if you're in and out of it or you you ain't going to feel the benefits of it you got to make a conscious decision to make that change in your life and it might be a big change and it might be difficult because it's very difficult for me to to switch off and like you say don't answer the phone call or don't go and do something or don't don't sit there and think oh i need to get this done um it is very difficult for me. I am I am still struggling with that and still um, checking myself that thing. No, go and sit down. You've done you've done what you can do in the time that you were allotted to do it. Um, it's now time to switch off. Talking about time that you've got allotted to do things and time to switch off. What do you, I know? You're furloughed at the moment, mm. but you're still very very productive. Mm. So, what do you consider honestly your office hours to be now? When's when's your time for working? Before, it would have been, I'll be outside for half seven. The mixer will be going. And depending on the weather and the light, it'll still be going at seven o'clock at night if I could. But now, come half four, I'm pretty conscious of the time. And and the days are getting longer and it's light till about six o'clock now, half five, six o'clock. But that's it, I'm done. I'll go in and I'll sit and have tea with everybody. And I've now realised that those other two hours, you don't really get any benefit. You might be a little bit ahead of yourself the next day. And that's not to say half past four every single day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tools down. Flintstone style. Yeah, yeah. Sliding down a stegosaurus's (laughs) back or whatever. But it it is, it hovers around that time. And it does just stick to an eight hour day. And I am stopping for, for 45 minutes to an hour for my lunch as well. If you can stick with that, and I say if, because I'm, 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 I'm always conscious when we sit down and chat that I've, I've, and I don't really talk to Lou, but I feel like I'm advocating for Lou a little bit to go, well, I've got a glimpse of what it looks like when Rob is more engaged. Mm. I need to make sure that you are still there to be present for her and the kids, because that's the first thing you said to me when you came to start this pod was, this was the thing that set me off on this mental health journey went, shit. For the things I think that are important, yeah. I'm actually gambling all the stuff that is actually important. And it yeah. wasn't till the point that I thought I might lose that, that everything just clicked. And I went, oh God, that's the thing I need to prioritise. So I think that's brilliant to hear. I really, really, really hope you stick with it, especially at this time of year. Because I think if you are in that mindset now where you can just switch yourself off from doing things around, and it doesn't necessarily, like you say, have to be half four every day, but around a normal-ish mm. working day rather than burning yourself out 12 plus hours a day just for the sake of getting ahead of yourself a bit yeah. more. If you can do that now in January, February, when you get to June, July, and you've got daylight till nine, ten o'clock, you're not only 
buying yourself quality time to sit down with your family and have tea and, 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 and relax and all the rest of it. But you do, yeah. You're talking about getting a whole eight hours back yeah. of your life. And that's massive. That's ma- One thing I'll say is I, I worked for a, um IT consultancy, fresh out of uni. And it was my sort of, let's get out, let's work for a big business, let's make as much money as I can do in, this, in a short period of time. And I did. Most money I've, I've ever earned. Commission was insane, like mad. Wasn't living a particularly wealthy lifestyle because I ended up um, basically becoming addicted to fast food because mm. it was the only way that I could sustain myself. I didn't get any quality time with anyone, friends or family, my wife included. So I was just eating my feelings. Mm. I was chasing that sugar hit. I was I was eating crap because it was easy. It was fast. It was accessible. And it also got to a point where I became addicted to it. So it was feeding itself yeah, sort yeah. of thing. So that was awful. When I was looking for jobs, it wasn't, I need to still earn this money and I still need to be doing this or I need to be working in this area. My only criteria were, I want to be working for the good guys because I felt like I was just working for a horrible, faceless business. And I want to get some time back. I just want time back. And I went from, my working day looked like about half five in the morning I'd get up, travel into work, I'd be there in in work for quarter to seven. I'd be at work from quarter to seven to anywhere to half six, half seven at night. Just hammering away in an office half an hour for lunch yeah no breaks because i opted out of it i needed to work and 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 hammer myself away i bought into this bullshit consultancy mentality and it nearly it properly nearly killed me not only did i put on three stone and got more sluggish and lethargic and i wasn't sleeping and i wasn't i just wasn't living right but it's a lot of your day it's a lot of your day no quality time for friends and family I, i there were certain people in my life who i just didn't talk to some of those friends thankfully i've reconnected with and i've got a relationship with now some unfortunately yeah. not and they've fallen by the wayside but i started a job for a social housing company in south manchester and i was so suspicious in my first month there because i worked from nine till quarter past four mm. and i had an hour for my lunch break yeah. and it blew my mind and the reason i say you've done this at a really good time is because i jumped ship in january so my start date was the 6th of january 2014 remember it like it was yesterday and that bought me those hours that i was spending traveling into work and traveling out of work in manchester but also the core sort of 12 odd hours i was working every day it clawed a load of those back and that it changed my physical health, it changed my mental health, it changed my relationship with my family, it changed my relationship with my wife, it changed my relationship with my friends. It bought me time to play video games and make music and and so much stuff. And then as soon as I went from those first few months of the job and got used to the fact that that was the time I was working, when... May, June, July came around. I felt like I won the lottery. I really did. Because it was like, you work for the smallest part of the day you can. And now all of this is yours. And if you can get that, if you can carry on with this this trajectory of of what you're doing to sort of take that time for you and Lou and the boys, I, I, I really, really hope you can stick at that discipline because you will reap so many of those benefits when it comes to summer. Yeah. And you can reflect on it and go, oh, well, actually, I've, I've done the right thing. Here. Yeah. Because you will. You'll be back at work. You'll you'll have those priorities and stresses again. Yeah, yeah. I think if you can draw that dividing line, um, and I think it's important for people to hear this, it will take work. It will take effort. But It's, it's not going to be easy. No. But that's what you're asking people to do. Or that's what you're suggesting people do through this podcast, is people need to look at what's important to them. Yeah. I think from a work perspective as well, employees need to realise that if your staff are happy and they are um, content in the work, they become more productive. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're not just there to uh, fill eight hours a day or whatever it might be. They'll actually get their head down and get things done. Um, I mean, a lot of our work is based on what, what they lay the earn. But in the same breath, you will get people that will 
give that little bit extra that needs to get the job over the line because sometimes we do have to work late and we do have we, we do have big deadlines that we need to do but if, if your staff are burnt out they'll go no I'm, I it's can't. goodwill yeah I can't do it and, and you'll end up maybe missing that deadline or losing them for five days because they're absolutely burnt out and they've done too much so it's I think it's a two-way street as well people need to make or I certainly needed to make that conscious decision of slowing down and stepping back and realizing what's important in my life and um, employees need to realize that they can't absolutely hammer their staff constantly all the time because if it was an engine and you never serviced it in a van or, or whatever it might be or forklift it'll just explode and die and then you've then got to go out and spend a fortune on retraining on new staff they've got to get used to the way the company works and so on and so forth it's borrowed time isn't it using, using the example yeah. of an engine it's a really strong comparison because you can get away with not maintaining an engine yeah you can yeah until you can't yeah and then that's a catastrophic failure 100 percent. and and when we to, to to bring this straight back down to earth and this is going to be jarring for a lot of people but if that engine is an op on site mm you're talking about catastrophic failure in the context of somebody killing themselves. Yeah. And I think it's important for the weight of that to just sit there for a minute. Mm. Because you will, as an employer, and I'm directly talking to employers now in particular, as an employer, you will get away with pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing your staff until you don't get away with it. Yeah. And that's not me saying that any or calling anyone out and saying that you are doing it. You might mm. not be. And if you're not, fantastic. I would just suggest that employers sit back, if they are listening to this, and say, what can we do versus what are we doing? Mm. And is that gap something we can live with or ideally non-existent? Yeah. If you can do everything you can do and you can sit back and go, yeah, we're doing that, brilliant. If there's a bit of a gap, nobody's perfect. And if that's a gamble you're willing to take or if it's a gap that can be bridged by both you and the staff member, fantastic. But if you can't answer yes to that set of questions, then I would would say you need to go back to the drawing board a little bit. Because... Speak to your staff. 100%. Taking the words right out of my mouth. You can, you can give an employer all the resources they need. Yeah. And, and talking to Rob on a regular basis like I do, you will find very few people who can talk to mental health, particularly mental health in the construction industry, so well and with such authority because you know it and you've lived it. Mm. But giving someone a resource pack, doing the work for them is is, is only half the work. But yeah, I think you're, you're dead right. Talk to your staff. Don't, don't just presume that oh if we do this that's it everybody will be happy you might do one thing and it might do 10% of your staff you might have to do something else along them lines but do it slightly differently and that will pick up another percentage of your staff and so on and so forth it's just like one pair of trousers doesn't fit everybody and I think it's the same same with your staff while we're talking about all this stuff it's all well and good um, going through what we reckon what you've just said about employers then don't presume so I'm not going to presume what we're doing with Mind Your Head or the impact that it's having. Have you noticed anything or have you picked anything up in the last three months of doing this that you think what we're doing is working or what we're doing is getting through? Yeah, there, there's one particular. He's a bricklayer. I won't say his name. He's given me permission to tell this story. Um, it was a few weeks ago now. Uh, I was actually texting you. <laughs> So I was texting you and at the same time this person was putting disturbing things on Facebook. He sent me a message saying, um, would, would you miss me if I was gone? And I was like, oh, he's not He's not happy, he's really not happy. Um, he then sent me a message saying I've got a plan. So I then spent the next hour back and forth because his phone was switched off every time I tried ringing it it was switched off but he was sending me messages through social media and it, this this went on for I'd say three hours and then he was sending me pictures of things 
where he was sending me a picture of a, a leather belt, a pole, and his basement. And I could do no more. I I I tried my absolute best. <laughs> it's getting to me again now. I knew I'd done absolutely everything I could to try and stop this to happen. So, in my mind, I could do no more, so I rang 999. <laughs> I just couldn't do any more. His mind was made up. His mind was absolutely made up. They Luckily, there's a happy ending to this. They got to him in time, they rescued him, he spent a bit of time in hospital, and he has messaged me since saying, I'm so glad you made that phone call. And I didn't think it would affect me like this, but it just shows that the power of what we're doing and the message we're trying to get across really, really is working. And I'm just so glad I, c I can sit here and tell this story with a positive outcome. Mm. And it, it does go a bit deeper, the story, and it, it, some of the stuff he was sending me, but I don't think we need to say that. I think what we need to say is that what we're trying to achieve is working mm -hmm. and we've got a positive outcome from that and he's now here to tell this story or he's now there to message me back and say thank you and he didn't have to say thank you but it it, it really <laughs> I'm just glad it was there hey thank you for sharing that yeah not just with me but with our listeners I think it's it's uh, it speaks for itself how powerful it is. One of the things we're going to have to always bring stuff like this back to is how do you feel? Um, I feel fine. It gets me emotional because it was very intense. But I think an important message that we need to tell, like mental health first aiders, I'd made a conscious decision that I could do no more. And I knew if he had fulfilled his plan and worse comes to the worst he had completed suicide I knew it wasn't down to me it wasn't down to what I was saying to him his mind was absolutely made up um, I did everything within my power that I could physically do um, he lived on the other side of Manchester I, I'd been sat watching the rugby and I'd had a couple of drinks so I couldn't go to him to help him and that's why I ended up making the decision to call 999 and I think it's it's important to realise that it's not your fault mm -hmm. if that ultimately does happen and you are in that situation where you have to deal with something like that. Mm -hmm. So, funnily enough, the reason I asked if you were okay wasn't to go, oh yeah, well, shame for this guy. Let's bring it back to someone I know. How are you doing? Yeah. The reason I asked you is because it, it, it's, it's a massive, it, it can be a massive load and it can be a massive yeah. burden on yeah, people. Yeah. But using mental health first aid as an example, if you stopped and you were doing CPR for someone, the reality of it is you don't know once they've gone to the hospital whether or not no, they've made it or not. No. But you've done everything you can do in that yeah. moment to give that person the best fighting shot. And exactly the same way that you cannot do any more in that situation and you've done and taken all the interventions you can yeah. to give him the best possible shot, great that you're able to tell me this with a with a positive outcome today but you could just as easily have told me exactly the same story yeah. without a positive outcome yeah absolutely yeah it's really important that you and, and it's amazing that you have been able to take that step back and acknowledge that, that that's the most you could do yeah. and, and that that kind of that kind of clarity really helps and exactly the same way that people can't blame themselves for the amount of cheeseburgers someone might eat before they have a coronary mm and then deliver CPR, you have a role to play in that moment if you're there, if you're lucky enough to be on call and and and, and, and be in the present moment that you can step in and help and all the rest of it. But shy of doing that, you can't you can't help everyone. No. You can't always intervene. Sometimes people won't even be as 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 open and as willing to communicate as to pick up the phone and say, Rob, I need I need I need help or yeah. I need someone to talk to, or whatever the, the conversation looked like. So acknowledging that is really important. 
having the tools to be able to pass over a moment like that is really important. Yeah. And the two resources I would give to people or just promote again is that if you're talking to someone who is in a point of crisis and they have the willingness and accessibility to be able to steer that ship themselves, then you can always contact the Samaritans on 116123. If you're not at a crisis point, you can always contact the Samaritans on 116123. It's a phenomenal resource. It's free and it's available 24-7, 365 days a week. And, and yeah. stay on the phone as well because it might take a while. When you ring them, it may take a while, but they're not going to ignore the call. 100%. 100%. And the second resource that you've already sort of touched upon briefly is if you're at that crisis point and you can do no more, but you still feel you want to do something to, to, to intervene and try and steer that ship for them, contacted 999 um, either for a medical emergency to intervene in someone who has attempted mm. to complete suicide or to get to them before they even manage to take the pills do whatever, um, they have crisis teams, they have the the equipment, the knowledge, the wherewithal to be able to help someone in that situation. Yeah, so it, no, you will not plant the seed of attempting suicide in someone's head. If they're going to do it or they're thinking about doing it, they're going to do it or think yeah. about doing it. There are things that you can do to help in that situation and I'm so glad you've shared that. I think it's it's a really powerful story to punctuate this podcast because mm. for me this has been an opportunity for us to catch up and just reflect a little bit on what Mind Your Head has, has, has been about and what we've yep. been doing over the first sort of three months of the, the, the podcast's life and for that to be such a, a, a tangible powerful and human example of the sort of thing that we've been talking about that could have started from a relationship i don't know the story it could mm -hmm. have started from a relationship breakdown it could have started from stress at work it could have started from a gambling problem it could have started with um body image issues it mm -hmm. could have started with sexual abuse from when you were younger i have no idea and that's not for me to know you've got more of the story to share in terms of ins and outs of what he was sending you we don't need to know that. Yep. That's for him to know. And for you, in the privileged position of being someone who has that relationship with someone who felt comfortable enough to yeah. talk to you, that is information for you. You too, in that, that situation of, of, of shared trust and privilege. All we can do is share that as, a, as an example. Yeah. All we can do is share that as a story that I hope resonates with people. Um, if you have been affected by it, then you can talk to people like Samaritans on 116123 um, or talk to a loved one. I, I don't know about you, but I think my biggest takeaway from that is I'm going to go and squeeze the life out of my wife after we've recorded this podcast because it does, not to make it about us, but it does pull focus back to your life yeah. and make you appreciate life and it makes you appreciate what you have. Um, and I hope we've done a bit of that today for for people listening. Absolutely. I mean, afterwards, like, like going back to your question about how I dealt with it, at the time, Louise was, she knew what was going on because you could see I was going in and out of the room to, to, to have these conversations or try and have the conversation with the individual. And I've subsequently spoke to somebody else who, would do, who, would, who was on the mental health train, training course I was with um, and a problem shared is a problem hard. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was great, Mike. He was good to talk to. Um, and he helped me through it and gave me advice about everything. And he just reassured me that I did make the right decision. Mm -hmm. I'm, I made the right decision. I know I made the right decision because he's here to message me. Mm -hmm. And he's still laying bricks because he is a brick liar. I think, and we've talked about this before, when you're trained for physical first aid, mm -hmm. you are very often told that, yeah, you might not save someone, but as long as you're doing things with the right intention. Intent, yeah. Um, you're more likely to make a positive difference than than make anything worse. What's worse than someone completing suicide? Yeah. You're 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 not going to have an intervention that is not going to double complete suicide because you've made the situation worse. So I think it is really important to 
encourage people to think about what action they would take in that situation. And just very simply, is that something you'd be happy with? Is that something you can say, I've, I've done everything I can? Obviously, yeah. no one would be happy in that situation if they had to live with the oh, what ifs if, yeah. if he had completed suicide. But the, the the closest you can get with accepting the fact that you've done everything you can is is really really powerful. Is really really powerful. And while I'm so 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 glad that's got a positive outcome, I think it's just as important to drive home the point to people out there listening that if it hadn't, mm. you still would have done yeah. everything you could have done. And I had that. I had that mindset. I knew. I knew. I'd done absolutely. I can. And the nine 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 operator was amazing. They, they couldn't get me off the phone quick enough, not because they didn't want to talk to me, because uh, they needed to get things rolling, because they knew they only had a finite amount of time that if he was going to do, and he is in a situation where he needs help, they needed to get there. Yeah. And they did everything for me, and then they kept bringing me back throughout the evening and giving me updates of where they are with everything and, and how, it, how it was going. So it, it was great. It was difficult as well, because it, it went between two police um, so Ch- Cheshire, East, uh, Cheshire Police and Greater Manchester mm. Police, and they were both talking to me, and they were they were amazing. Well, the, the, uh, the ambulance got there, and it, the, they got him to hospital to safety. And for all you listening out there, it just gives you a bit of perspective. For all you lads who are moaning about how badly England got hammered at Twickenham by <laughs> a ragtag <laughs> bunch of Scots, that things could be worse. So, a bit of perspective, it's important. I seen about three minutes of that game. <laughs> I'll tell you what. That's, that's probably the best, best three minutes. <laughs> of the whole game. And then the rest of the time I was just dealing with, with what was going on. But no. I see now I feel better for talking about that. I'll tell you what, that's a that's a really good that's a really good point. So Obviously, we're not going to follow this with anything on the pod. I mean, how do you follow a story like that? I think it's important for something that powerful to just sit in people's minds for a bit. But I'm really, really, really glad you just said that one sentence. Because one thing I would say is it's really easy for us to ignore warnings when we watch, I don't know, Coronation Street or Emmerdale or whatever. It says, if you're affected by the scenes that you've seen today, you can contact these numbers or visit this website. If you've never been sexually abused, then you're not going to pay any attention to a warning that comes up after a sexual abuse storyline because you're not switched onto that frequency. So why would you? Mm. So in the worst case scenario, you're going to go, oh, why are they putting this on at the end of a end of a TV program? But that's the point of it is for people who live through that trauma, whether they're directly impacted by it or whether they've dealt with someone and worked with them to get through it or they know someone who's been through it things can trigger people in different ways and I think it's important to recapture the word triggering for, mm. for, for what it can do for people in a, in, a, in a mental health context one of the biggest things that can help in that situation is talking about it and I know we hammer away about talking about it but if you can just lighten a little bit of load by talking to Lou by talking to me, by talking to Andy, by talking to your boss, whoever it is, do it. Why wouldn't you do it? You don't have to do it in a way that that divulges the gory details. You don't have to do it in a way that shares names. You don't have to do it in a way that that breaches any of that that, that trust and that confidentiality. Um, But it is really, really important for people to talk about their experiences. From from anything to serious high-level stuff like that, to just the daily weight that people are carrying with them and whether or not they're feeling a bit down or, or, or stuff's getting on top of them or they're struggling with work or life or, or money, whatever it happens to be. No situation has ever been made worse in the long term, in my opinion, yep. for getting it out and actually addressing it. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if talking into dead space on a podcast has helped you just lighten that load a little bit, and has helped share that story with the people out there listening. Fantastic. Yeah. And that's it's kind of what we're here for. Yeah. Just to teach you to be kind to yourself and talk. Ultimately talk. Because that's what helped the individual. And that's what's helped me uh, since everything that went on. And yeah, just talk. 
I can't, I can't say any more than that than just talk. It might, it might seem trivial to you, but believe me, it does help. So with that, I'm going to wrap things up now. Before I hand it over to Rob to take us out with his expert <laughs> at a outro, we've done the talking. Now you go out and do the talking. Yeah. I think off the back of that message from Rob is if there's one takeaway from this show is go out and talk. Whether that's unloading your own problems, issues, burdens, whatever, or if it's asking someone about theirs. You've done the listening. Well done. Now go out and do the talking. Absolutely, yeah. And thank you for everybody that's tuning in and thank you for the great response we're getting off everybody. Um, it really, really does mean a lot to us. We're getting tons of great feedback um, and it makes me want to do more and improve and, and keep pushing forward and doing it. So thank you to everybody that listens. Please keep interacting with us on the socials. Um, we're always happy to talk and I hope you get something out of these podcasts that we do. And I hope to make everybody aware of all the issues that do go on in everybody's lives. That it's not just you that goes through it and we can all club together to get the message across and ultimately thank you for listening and I hope you can come with us on the next podcast and um, you enjoyed everything you've heard today I've enjoyed talking with you Tom um, we've got some really really good guests coming on in the next couple of weeks they range from Big CEOs, we've got big CEOs coming on and we've got all the way down to myself and Tom and we've got Britlays coming on, um, I've got a digger driver that I've got lined up to come on. But thank you very much again, uh, I look forward to the next episode and I hope you've enjoyed it because I certainly have, you can find us at NYH Podcast <laughs> on the socials, <laughs> had to really really think about that then. Um, and Careful because I think the Shetland Master <laughs> wiretap the shit. <laughs> so, um, look forward to seeing you all and see you on the next one. Thank you very much. Take care.